Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. All right, John 3 verse 16, probably one of the most well-known verses of the Bible. In speaking on this series almost for an entire year so far on grow and build, today I want to speak to you on go and grow. And John 3 16 says this, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. A lot of people don't go on and read verse 17, but it says this, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it. God is not pointing the fingers at everything that's wrong in the earth, picking out certain sins above another. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. We come to the world with a message of grace. We come to the world with a message of hope. We come to the world with a message of a fresh start, that you can be born again, that Jesus can become Lord of your life, that brokenness can be healed, that bondage can be released, that the power of God can invade your life and that you can walk with God. What an enormous privilege that is. And God sent His Son and now Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 15, tells us what our role is. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God did not send His Son to condemn it, but that the world through Him might be saved. And then He says to us in this bookend, if you like, of the gospels, one at the beginning and one at the end, He says, I sent my Son, now I'm sending you into all the world. And Jesus tells His disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, you know, you would think that if you were there hearing that, you'd immediately go home and if you were Peter, you'd say to your wife, because he had a wife, because he had a mother-in-law. And it's pretty hard to have a mother-in-law unless you've got a wife. And so he would go home perhaps to his wife and say, let's pack our bags. Jesus just told us to go into all the world. What's that look like and where are we going to go? And Peter would have said, I'm not sure. Peter, James and John were certainly there. But let me point out to you that according to the book of Acts, it seems like James the Apostle, though he heard go into all the world, he never left Jerusalem. John, the apostle, who heard go into all the world, as far as we know, he went to Samaria twice, once with Jesus and then the second time after Philip went down in Acts 8 and preached Christ to them. And then it says that Peter and John went down that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Apart from that, the only other place he went outside of Jerusalem, as far as we can tell, was when he was forcibly exiled onto the Isle of Patmos in the middle there of the Mediterranean. Apart from that, he never went anywhere. Peter probably travelled the furthest of the three. Peter, we know, went to Judea and Samaria, went down to Joppa, uh, raised Dorcas from the dead down in that area. And he travelled around, but he never went very far. The Apostle Paul, who has a vision of Jesus on the road to Damascus, he heard something similar. You're going to be a light unto the Gentiles, but there'll be a map in the back of your paper Bible 
that shows you the journeys of Paul where several times he went to every single country around the whole region of uh, Judea and, and, and Samaria and that part of the Middle East. He went to Turkey. That's where Ephesus is. Went through to uh, Crete and a whole lot of places. So what is it about going into all the world if Paul goes there, hears it and says, I'm going to get my passport, I'm getting my suitcase, I'm ready to go. James hears the same thing and never goes anywhere outside of Jerusalem. Obviously, going into all the world does not mean pack your bags. Obviously, going into all the world doesn't mean that you need a passport, you need a visa, you've got to go somewhere. Obviously, it means something more than that. But I look around this church and I see people that have gone into the education world. I see people that are sitting here and they've gone into the medical world and they're going about there and thank God for you. As I've gone to visit people in hospital, I think thank God for every Christian who as they're treating that patient is breathing a silent prayer for that person. Thank God for those of you that have gone into the mining world. Everyone knows some of the challenges and the difficulties, but you are the light in a place that sometimes can be very dark. Two of my friends have been chaplains to the mining industry. And I know when they tell me the stories of some of what goes on in families that are FIFO, and I go, thank God for the church. Do you know, I heard only just this week that the very first telephone hotline ever in the world for people that were considering taking their life was started by a church, a church in England in 1953, an Anglican minister who saw people coming back from World War II and unravelling. And he came up with the idea because the phone was taking off. He came up with the idea that uh, we could maybe do this. He announced a 24-hour-a-day hotline and there were only two people, him and the church secretary, available to answer the calls 24 hours a day. So many people picked it up. So many people ran with it that they end up having to train 50 volunteers to fill the rosters. So many people, you know, there are, thank God for all the Christians down through history who've heard go into all the world and said, I'm going to go into the entertainment world. I'm going to go into the sporting world. I'm going into the education world. I'm going into the corporate world. I'm going to go into the social world. I'm going to go into the helping professions. I'm going to go somewhere in Jesus' name. I'm going to carry the gospel because it's in me and I am a Christian. I'm not a Christian on Sunday. I'm a Christian every day of the week. Thank God for the people who go into the financial world and say, let me make a difference for Jesus' sake. I am salt and light everywhere I go. Thank God that we get to do that. Thank God for the people like Hope that go into the homeless and needy world. Thank God for the people that are already engaging with us to go into the Kimberley, where some of the problems are so well known and are so vast that sometimes people talk to me and you can tell that they look at me and someone did this only recently and they look at me like, do you know what? Matter of fact, someone asked me, do you know what you're doing? I said, yeah, I do. They said, are you sure? Do you know how big it is? I go, yes. 
but I've checked on how big God is. I've checked on what the gospel is able to do. I've checked that the gospel is the power of God under salvation for everyone that believes. I believe that your life can change. I believe in life transformation by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't believe in just social uh, edging your way towards wholeness. I believe in a life transforming power that you can walk into the church an alcoholic and walk out delivered in Jesus' name. You can walk into the church a drug addict and walk out delivered in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, a brand new creature in Christ. I believe in the power of the gospel to change. That's why we are here on the planet Earth. Thank you to everybody that's a part of that. Think about the online world. Think about what's happening just out of one person in our church who took up the challenge to go into all the world and has gone into Albania. But I'm believing, I was talking to Pastor Bruce this week, some of you here that could reach the nation of your origin. And maybe you could take a leaf out of that. I'm not saying you've got to do the same thing. I'm not saying it's got to be the same commitment. But listen, I'm always amazed that some people go, leave all that behind. Because I read the Bible and it says to me that Jesus commanded the disciples, go into all the world. So if I'm meant to go into all the world, I'm going to go every way I can. I'm going to find every open door and I'm even going to find a few closed doors and then we'll just knock and see how God opens them up for us. But you know, we grow up in a world that tends to look at how qualified we are. And I thank God for that. I don't want to be treated by a doctor who did a correspondence course. You know, you're in big trouble when you're going into the theatre and the surgeon is on YouTube. (laughs) Saying, let me just check how you hold a scalpel. I don't want an anaesthetist. Try saying that six times quickly. I don't want an anaesthetist who's on YouTube Googling or checking out how much I need of whatever it is they give you. I want somebody who's qualified. If you go for a driving test, they don't give you the license until you qualify. Some of you, that was a longer journey than others. I have one of my children who remain nameless. Let's just say they were heading towards double digits. Never got quite there, but they were going. But you know, they weren't going to give them a license until they qualified. And so when we hear Jesus say, I want you to go, I'm going to send you, we tend to look at how qualified I am. We go, well, I know I'm called because 2 Timothy says, or 1 Timothy says that. It says that He has saved us and called us. That's everyone. So we know we're called. We know that the Holy Spirit is given to equip. We know that God trains, but we tend to view it linearly By that I mean called, equipped, trained, and then I go. That's the way we tend to think. And if that's the way you've thought about your life, let me bring you to Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Acts chapter 6 and verse 3. This is the apostles. The church has grown. It's ridiculous. It's going everywhere. And this is what uh, they say. Therefore, brethren... 
Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And they pick all these guys. But I want you to see what the qualifications are for this job. You've just got to be a person of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. You know, I could go around this auditorium and I reckon I'd pick almost every single one of you as being somebody that fulfills that requirement. But here's the deal. Philip says yes to this job. Philip goes around looking after the widows. His entire complexity of job is this. Are you on the list? Check. Here's your food. This is how hard it is. I want to see what God, what God does here. Come past and goes, are you on the list? Oh, yes, there's Kate Allen. Oh, yeah, she says. Yeah, that's the reason I'm holding it. So just help yourself there. And I come here to Eileen. I go, oh, are you on the list? Have two because it was your birthday last week. Have another one. It's your birthday last week. Yeah, go. Fantastic. You give chocolates to everybody. Yeah, have a chocolate. Have two because you're good looking. Fantastic. Here's Daniel and Kristen. I just come past. Are they on the list? I go, yeah, they're wonderful people. They're just amazing people. There you go. Well done. Have another one because you've got two kids. Why you go there? Have another one for the other one because you can't. Yeah. And have another one because it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah, of course. And, 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 and here's the most wonderful Julia. Julia who helps out in kids' church, one of the team down there. Have another one, Julia. Take one for someone else. Take one for your dad and give him one there. And Oh, look, welcome back from England. Great to have you here. How hard is this? You kind of go, you want to take one? You, you better hurry up. I haven't got all day for this. Seriously. How hard would it be to do this? This is the point. Is the guy says yes to the littlest job. Like, hello? Raise your hand if you think you couldn't do this job. Huh? Everybody can do this job. Hello? Check off their name. I could see there's people down here in the front that are going, why didn't we get one? What was wrong with us? How come? There you are. The Lord heard your plea. And he said, take more. Give yours to Leanne. I didn't say Leanne's not on the list. Not yet. See, this guy, how qualified do you have to be to start? He starts handing out food to the widows that are on the list. Check. Here it is. How hard is all this? He says yes to feeding widows. And the next thing you hear about this guy doing one of the easiest jobs in the church. Well, the next place you hear about him is Acts chapter 8, verse 4. It says, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip, same guy. 
Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Why? Because they all got under pressure and persecution. They get scattered. And he goes down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. How qualified are you? Hello, we just checked you're only qualified to hand out food to people on a list. But the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. Where did that come from? Where did this ability come from? Where did all this, how does this happen? I want to bring you this morning into a deep truth of the Word of God. Something that so many times we miss because we overlay the template of getting a driver's license or a qualification at uni or some other thing. And we think that's the way God will work. And so many of us are waiting until we're qualified. Romans chapter 8 and verse 30. I'll read it to you from the message version. It says this, After God made that decision of what His children should be like, He followed it up by calling people by name. That's where we begin. God set out the template of what Christian life looks like and then He called you into it. That's why you're here. He called you by name. He knew who you were. He never just said next He called you by name. You're here because God wanted you. You're here because the Lord was after you. He wanted to have you in His world. He called them by name. And then it says He set them on a solid basis with Himself. The King James Version says the word is justified. In other words, just as if I'd never sinned. He wipes out all the sins that were attributed to my life. He eradicates all of those. He sets me up in a solid relationship with God, whereby I am called the friend of God, whereby I am a co-worker together with Him. He sets me up in a relationship, not one that's waiting to finish probation, but one that's accepted right at the start. And then after getting them established, He stayed with them to the end. Watch this. Gloriously completing what He had begun. King James Bible says he glorified them. If you look it up, and I did, it means he gave them glory. And you've got to get what this is about. God sets out the template. He calls you. And in calling you, he changes the relationship you have. Make sure that you understand that he has brought you into a place of closeness with him. And then out of that, he gives you glory, his glory. That's why things happen around believers' lives. That's why miracles happen. Not because you're good, not because you're better than, but because God says, I'm going to put my glory on you. I'm going to give you something of me that you're going to carry. And so let me make some statements to you that I trust will resonate with you and challenge you. Number one is that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God doesn't call the qualified. He's not waiting until you've passed. He's not asking you to sit a test. He's not asking you to somehow rather prove your worthiness. He calls not the qualified. He qualifies the call. When I say yes, God goes, I'll qualify you. And so Philip, not an apostle, Philip, a business person most likely, somebody who says yes to this seemingly insignificant task in the church, He says yes to the call of God in the smallest way you can imagine. And then God goes, watch me qualify the called. 
And so when Philip gets forced to go down to Samaria and he goes down there and he says yes to the space he's in now. He doesn't make it up. He hasn't got a grand plan. He just says yes to every space. He says yes. He goes, well, I'm here. I might as well preach Christ. Remembering perhaps he'd heard the story of Jesus in John 4 with the woman at the well in Samaria where it says the entire city came out and believed on him. They were primed and ready for the gospel because of the ministry Jesus had gone before. You are never going to go somewhere that Jesus has not been before you get there. You you are always going to go to a space. Listen, you're going to go to a space that God's already been there ahead of you. The man out of whom Jesus cast all the devils. It says that he went to Decapolis, means 10 cities. If you study a bit of history, you'll discover it became the place of one of the greatest revivals that ever was recorded in that city where the entire region got rid of all their fake idols. They burnt them all and the entire place, it was a hub of business in the known world and they came to Christ. Why? Because God had sent somebody there. This man turned up and went to Decapolis and said, you know what? He said, I met a man called Jesus and he set me free. And then later on, when the gospel goes down to there in fullness after Christ's resurrection, they are reaping the seed that God had sowed. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so Philip goes down there and all of a sudden finds miracles happening from a guy whose job it was to hand out chockies. That's it. He's doing this one minute, handing out chocolates. And the next minute he's standing on a platform somewhere or other in Samaria. So much so that the entire city turns to Christ. The Bible says they came and bought all their magic arts, all the witchcraft stuff. Because it's demonic, they came and they bought it all and they burned the lot. 20,000 pieces of silver, that's millions of dollars worth. And they came and they burned the whole lot because they turned to Christ. And this man who had no qualifications apart from, yes, Lord. Can I say to you today that saying yes to Jesus will not only be the best thing you'll ever do, it'll be the most impacting thing you ever do. But let me go on and make another statement to you. Because God doesn't just call the qualified, He qualifies the called. Secondly, God's looking for our yes, not our guess. What do I mean by that? Well, in Luke's Gospel, chapter uh, 9, verse 10 through to 17, I won't read it to you, but it's the story most of us will know of the feeding of the 5,000. And when Jesus says to the disciples, give them something to eat, and they make their best guess at their resources, they say, well, we've only got five loaves and two fish, but what are they amongst so many? They said, you know what, we, we reckon we could stretch five loaves and two fish to about this many people, but we couldn't do any more than that. And Jesus says, bring it to me, make the people sit down. Because see, they were bringing God their guess and He was looking for their yes. You and I look at our life and we make a guess about our strength. We make a guess about our abilities. Every one of us do it, I do it, you do it. We look at it and I go, God, have I got enough time? Do I have enough energy? God, do I have enough bandwidth? Do I have enough brain power? Do I have enough of 
all of that stuff. God, where's the, where's the abilities and the resource coming from? And then I remember that God was never asking me for my guess. He was asking me for my yes. Because your guess is never any better than being about your strength and your power. That's what your guess is about. What you got, how experienced you are. But your yes is about God's strength and God's power. Amen. So I love, can I just say this? I don't know how to say anything. I love this church. I love Jesus. I love this church. Because you people have continued to go on the journey of the ridiculous. Seriously. For 35 years now, you keep going on the journey of the impossible. You keep going on the journey of, well, how could that happen? And really, what's the secret? Well, we just keep saying yes. We don't try and guess how's that going to happen. How would that ever come to pass? We just keep saying, yes, God, you've got the strength. You've got the power. Here's the third thing, the last thing. God's looking for our yes to what's in front of us now. See, I don't think that if Philip had have heard the speech of the apostles about feeding people that were on the list and said, are you kidding me? Don't you know what my day job is? You know, the guys in charge of the host team this morning is the executive assistant to a judge. And when I turn up this morning, there he is out the front. He'll hate me for saying this, but it's too bad. I have the mic, he doesn't. But I see him out there with a broom and a dustpan, sweeping up. And I asked him later, I said, do you do this in your day job? He laughs because, no. But you know, I think that if Philip hadn't have said yes to the small thing, I don't think he ever would have been able to hear and give a yes to the big thing. I don't think Samaria was waiting in the wings regardless. I think it was a follow-on from his yes. I wonder today what small thing God would ask you to do. The Lord saves his best to last. Listen to me this morning. What has God been prompting you to do that you look and go, well, that's just silly. That's too small. That wouldn't matter. That wouldn't make a difference. Or maybe it's the reverse of that. You actually think it's so big, how could you ever do it? Let me make one more statement to you is this. Your inadequacy is not big enough to cancel out the power of God. No matter how big you might feel it is. Some of you, you've lived lives where everyone's told you you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you don't have enough experience or whatever else. And so you've continually pushed away opportunities to do something maybe that's small because even that might seem too big. And yet today, if you will just say yes to the small, 
Maybe God's got a bigger yes waiting down the road. I'm not saying he has, I don't know. But Philip says yes to handing out food and he ends up with a yes to winning an entire city. This morning I want to pray for people that are here. Obviously we want to pray with people that are yet to give Jesus their first yes. Like so many of us remember doing, saying to Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. Oh, come on, church. You know, we've been at this a while, but I hope the eagerness to say yes to what's in front of you now is still with you. I pray that we never get so used to what God does that it's just a part of the landscape. I pray that every single time we get to moments like this, and if your heart's like mine, there's an eagerness to say yes to Jesus. There's an eagerness to say, Lord, I, I'm willing to do whatever you want. If I know that it's you, he's not asking me to be silly. He's asking me to be obedient to what he speaks. And so I want to pray for people that are going to give Jesus their yes for the first time. But I also want to pray for people here that you've believed lies about yourself. Lies of inadequacy, lies of inferiority, lies of unacceptance. You know that God really is, he's not too sure about you. You remember your past so well, you think he does. And he says, I've cast your sins and your iniquities. The iniquities are not just the things I did, they're the things that have happened to me that were wrong and that were evil. He says, I've cast them all into the sea of my forgetfulness. So maybe this morning, each one of us would say, God, I'm going to lay aside. I'm just going to say yes to what's in front of me. Amen. Just say yes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, right now, I pray for people that have struggled with inadequacy, inferiority. Some people, Lord, everybody else would look at them and go, you... Are you kidding? You're so confident. You're so qualified. You've got it together. And yet, Lord, on the inside of our hearts, we struggle with that. Father, would you help us today? Lord, I take authority over every lie the enemy's built, every web of deceit that he's managed to create across the minds and hearts of men and women. Not only in this building, Lord, but those online and those that will be online. Father, I pray that every one of us, Lord, we're not telling you we want to be amazing or that we want to be famous. We're just saying we want to be obedient. So Lord, I pray for those people in the name of Jesus. Release them today, Lord. Let them walk free of that. Father, thank you that we only got to say yes to what you ask of us. You didn't tell Philip, by the way, if you say yes to this, look out, because down the road there's going to be a city full of witchcraft. You're going to have to tackle it. He just had to say yes to the first thing. So God, we want to say yes to you today. Father, I pray for people here that have never given their first yes to Jesus. They might have grown up with a knowledge of God or an awareness of God or church background or none of that, but Today, they recognise I need Jesus. Oh God, I need to be born again. God, I need a new beginning. God, I need my sin forgiven, not just 
waved at. I need to be washed clean. I need the blood of Jesus to change me. God, I pray for those people today that the weight they're feeling right now is not the weight of pressure from you. It's the weight of glory and grace for their life. Thank you, Lord, that as they say yes to you right now, right now people are saying yes to Jesus. Right now people are saying yes to Christ. Right now people are saying, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. And Lord, thank you for them today. God, I thank you. This is the beginning of more yeses to come. Yes, in the area of their finance. Yes, in the area of their relationships. Yes, in the area of their health. Yes, in the area of of their ministry. They don't even know they've got one yet. But you're with them and you're going to help them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You said yes to Jesus this morning, and I pray you did. Great to have uh, Sebastian and Rashida here with us this morning. They are. Uh, we missed you guys. Great to have you here. I know you've been here anyway, but you know what I mean. But this couple, I just want to honor them because they've been hosting Yes Text for years, a couple of years. And you know, that might sound easy, but I've been to their home and Sebastian showed me the computer and the yes texts that come in and then he responds with, he does all that. But some people have got questions and he answers them or she does or they both do. And if not, they talk to Pastor Bruce. But I love the fact that it's not a number. It's someone. The number is just the vehicle. So if you text yes, why yes, to 0488 826 392. Or if you're outside of Australia or you want to get it via email to go to yes.metrochurch.org.au You won't find a number or a website, you'll find someone. Someone who starts praying for you. Our team of prayers starts praying for you. You say, but they don't even know who I am. No, but God knows, it's alright. And then they start encouraging you. Seriously, praying for you every day. And then we send you a Bible verse and a prayer. It fits on one screen of the smartphone or you get it via email, different every day, and it'll encourage you in your walk with God. We're so thrilled at your yes for Jesus. Father, thank you for them. Thank you for those yeses. Lord, I know they're coming in. I know that people are gonna say yes to you. Some of them this week, Lord, will be in the early hours of the morning somewhere where someone tossed and turned and said, I've got to give Jesus my yes. Father, thank you for them. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good, the devil is bad, and that's about all you've got to know to be able to go to the next step. We're going to stand together and sing together this new song, beautiful song, I Found Something. Is that what it's called? It's new. Give me a break. What is it called? Oh, I found it all. Yeah, I did. Hey, uh, if I was you, by the way, I would go out to the cafe and become an instant friend of Leanne. Because there was two boxes of Cadbury favourites in there. Shout out to Cadbury's. One who sponsored me and give them to me next time. And, uh, and go and become her good friend, all right? Cafe will be out there in a minute. Pastor Bruce will be online for ministry time. Pastor Ray and Kate, they'll be out in the press space ready to pray. Come on, let's sing. Here we go.